0: part fourteen of the fates of the princes of david by kenneth morris this librivox recording is in the public domain the story of rhiannon and prideri or the book of the three unusual arts of prideri f'ab-pul. the first branch of it namely the mare and the foal of tyrinion to Fliant. one the dropping of the three drops of wisdom on the lips of Tyrnion it will be known already that Tyrnian Turfliant was the king of iscoid in those days he had not his better in the three islands of the mighty and it is doubtful whether he had his equal poole himself had received fosterage from him and had learned from him many sciences such as the constructing of poems and the courtesies of war the nine huntings and the laws of devonwalh moilmud the nine manly sports and the rightful governing of kingdoms so great was his fame for wisdom and loftiness of soul that no king would send his sons for fosterage anywhere at that time except to Caerleon on Usk. among the foster-sons of tyrnuen were princes from spain and persia from alban and hluchlen from cornwall and corsica from india the less and india the greater not one of them would ever become less than a pillar of equitable sovereignty a warlike dragon on the field of conflict in the king's stable at Caerleon, there was one of the priceless things of the island of the mighty the most peerless and beautiful mare in the entire world she was of one sire and dam with blodwin the mare of puil but many would be thinking that she was a better steed even than blodwin the winds of heaven could never come up with her when she had a mind to leave them behind ten men could not hold her back if she desired to be going forward never in her whole life had she needed the word of command from her lord by reason of her love for him it was easy for her to perceive his will without language passing his teeth beyond that whoever might be riding her would receive no wound in battle and wherever she might set her shell-formed hooves, if it was on the rolling stone on the mountain-side, it became steadfast beneath her. If it was on the greenest place in the quagmire, it became as firm when she touched it as the best road in the world. She had the name of Flamwyn Golai with her, and such pre-eminence among horses as her lord had among kings. With every eve of May, she had a foal as beautiful as herself. It was well known that honour had come to the whole island whenever such a foal had been kept unharmed until full grown. No king in Britain but would have given the best of his possessions for one if Tyrion had been a man to sell what he might give away as a free gift. The crowned king of London indeed, and the high king of Tara in Ireland, had such gifts from him also taliesin the chief of bards and the arch-druid of Inisfon and paris king of france but now for two years there had been no foal for any one and that was a main sorrow for the whole of the island of the mighty one would be born in the night but by the dawn of the morning it would have been stolen from the stable the story of rhiannon and begins on the night when puil was overcome by the machinations of keridwen and when the gods gathered to get news what fate would be allotted to him from the wheel of the daughter of don the night after that the third foal would be stolen from the stables of the king of Caerleon if there were no preventing the theft here is what happened when the first two were taken the first year there had been no fear of thievery on anyone and no guards set in the stable beyond the seven grooms of flamwen they were the best grooms in the world at that time so far as was known as was fitting for a mare of such dignity sleep had overtaken them all and in the morning the foal was gone next year there must be watching said tour when may eve came he set his foster sons to keep guard twenty proud, wakeful, magnanimous princes they were, all of them eager to serve him. It is related that any one of them might easily have gone nine days and nine nights without cessation from warfare, or from watchfulness, or from merriment and heroic games. They had their places in the stable with the mare. Beyond them, nine great druids had come from Mon, out of friendship for Tyrion to make the nine pacings of magic and to chant imponderable potent spells in the stable-yard, for it was clear to everyone that the stealing would be more by enchantment than by common thief-craft. When midnight came, marvellous music rose and made conflict with the chanting of the druids, till one by one they forgot their spells, and fell to nodding and dreaming, as if they had learned no secrets during their whole lives the music drifted in through the walls of the stables here are the enchantments said the princes they raised the best shouting they could few could have raised a better or a louder but their very shouting was turned into a melody the most overpowering in the world ten of them fell asleep where they stood the rest gathered about the mare and the foal raising laughter for the sake of wakefulness and pressing their sword points into the palms of their hands Beautiful clouds came floating down, glamorous legions leaned out of them, putting forth such song as would lure the tempest into quietude. Between earth and sky, they sang, there would be empires richer than the ruby, islands to shame the heart of the opal, where sickness and old age never came. Would not the heroes wend there, inheriting beauty and peace? Five were found to make answer with the slashing of swords, but five were taken with desire for what was promised, and had a wealth of sweet dreams until the morning, but much bitterness of spirit after. When the glamour waned, the little foal was still unharmed, and the five princes were still waking. Great was their delight, deeming the spells overcome, but Flamwen Adengulai was no less uneasy in her mind than she had been at first when they were exulting over their victory it was a raising of war shouts that they heard and the whole city filled with innumerable invading hosts shouting and wailing rang from street to street with the war cries of the gwythelfichti from ireland and the men of gwent unhosted to meet them they looked at each other in doubt it was made to appear to them all that tyrinion had been at war with the gwythelfichti and kehlion under siege they were in doubt whether they should leave their watching to meet this greater danger they heard men leaping down into the stable-yard the battering of axes on the door shouting and confusion on all sides clearly the yard was full the five of them would be against a whole host and there was no resisting the allurement of that they left the stall and ran towards the door they unbarred the door and flung it open delightful would be the fighting after all that oversweetness of spells with the lighting of their eyes upon the night and upon the stars silence fell Wan shadows melted and vanished nothing moved through the moonlight in the empty yard there was no sound anywhere beyond far off barking and crowing they looked at each other troubledly without speaking they hurried back towards the stall flamwen adengolai turned her head towards them as they came up to her they saw the slow dropping of tears from her eyes the beautiful foal they had left at her side was gone a year passed after that all but a day and while puil pen annan was watching on gorseth arbath and withstanding the machinations of Keridwen, tyrnion turfleant was holding council with his druids and foster-sons Concerning the watching of Flamwen Aden Goliath the next night. Indeed now, evil fall on me, said he, if there shall be any guard there beyond myself. Lord, said they, it is not fitting that a sovereign ruler should undertake such work as this. Let us watch in the stable. Not so, said he. There shall be watching, and I will be the one to watch. It would be the peril of his life for any one to go alone against enchantments. Let us go with you said the foster sons indeed no said Tyrion. none shall go with me and none shall be within call that night as he lay on his sleeping bench of ivory he was wakened by the touch of a drop of water falling on his lips and leapt to his feet for such warlike vigour thrilled through him soul and limbs as he had not known even in his best days of prime and battle breaking before pool came to him for fosterage what will it be said he one of the immortals will be here the most wonderful laughter in the world rippled out through the hall ah sleep on sleep on Turfliant, said the laugher it will be no more than the art of war in the midst of peace Tyrion lay down again he knew the voice of a god and had no concern beyond being obedient hardly was he asleep when the second drop touched his lips what ran through his veins then as his eyes opened was such calmness as might bide untroubled in the valley when the mountains went to war what will it be o laugher of the beauty of the world said he what will it be this time o gwydion of the multitudinous enchantments again the laughter was peopling the hall with running merry ripples of quiet music sleep on sleep on Turfliant, dear said the god voice through the darkness it will be nothing but the art of peace in the midst of war tyrnion obeyed and it was not a minute or two before he slept again a drop falling on his lips awoke him and now what came to him was such vision that he felt it would but be the trouble of looking for him to see the secrecies of the universe and the gods labouring in their sky halls, or in the mountains or in their unseen palaces on the trackless wave This time there was no hindering Tyrion from mingling his own laughter with the divine laughter that rocked and rippled about him. "'What will it be, Lord Gwydion?' said he. "'In the name of heaven and man, what will it be?' "'Ah, Tyrion, Tyrion, back!' "'It will be no cause for losing sleep,' said the other. "'Tonight is for sleep, and tomorrow night for watching,' said he. "'It'll be no more in the world than the spell of the wood and the field and the mountain.' it will only be the spell of the three places in wales that contains all compulsion in it and the mastery of invisible things Tyrion knew then that the gods had given him the three drops of wisdom out of the cauldron of keridwen that changed mortality into immortality human life into god life he turned without disquiet or exultation upon the sleeping-bench and nothing broke his slumber until dawn whoever saw him the next day was aware that there would be the breaking of enchantments in the stable that night part fourteen.